Momentum, helping men succeed in life. Welcome to this week's Momentum. Once again, it is your host, Tim, and uh, it's really nice to have you tuning in, and we thank you for doing that this week. And check out the website for a whole bunch of um, articles and uh, recent shows you can hear on podcasts. Last week, we were chatting with Ian, a follow-on from our very first show with Ian, where we talked about uh, PTSD and depression, and we heard a bit more about that journey last week. We started at the end of last week's show days uh, hearing how Ian managed to start getting some degree of success of coming out of that space. And Ian is back with us this week to continue that journey and that story as we move on from the initial stages of healing and breakthrough to then how did that transpire in his everyday life to now having uh, a wife and kids and how did that affect his life and some of the, the, the trauma that he'd been through in the past. Ian, it's great to have you back with us. Thanks so much for joining us once again on Momentum. Oh, thank you so much. And look, we just want to say again, we've had you know so many comments of, of hearing your honesty and your vulnerability, and we, we just appreciate the fact that you are very candid in your conversation, very candid in your answers, mm. and, and real. And you know, we, 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 we talked a bit about last week uh, for you, you know, when you said uh, you, you left us with some advice for men who are listening to go, what, what's the best thing they can do? And one of the things that really stood out for me was just be real. Be real with yourself first then be real with those around you and be real mm. with God. And I think that is a really great starting point because, to be honest, for men, we can struggle with that. We can struggle to accept that this is who we are and where we're at. And until we do that, we're always going to band-aid over the problem and not actually deal with it. Indeed. So I appreciate the fact that you uh, you came in and you said that. So so let's continue the journey. Last week we talked about the fact that you, you'd um, gone to church, you'd, you'd walked back into church, you'd had some, uh, you know, a lot of, success with counseling to some degree, but then bringing God back into your life is really the starting point of, of another level of healing for you. Let, let's continue to talk about that journey, how, how the Lord uh, slowly but surely impacted you along your journey so that you found healing to the point where you felt like you were coming back into a sense of normality for you, but also about your self-worth as well, which through your depression and through your journey, you, you said you felt like you were, you were useless as a human being. Your self-worth was very low. Tell us a bit about your identity and how that journey with the Lord helped that. Oh, well, that's a great question because um, it was actually my identity that I had no idea of. Mm. I, had, I, I didn't have it anymore um, because my identity was in my uniform and my service. Sure. So once I, that got shelved, all of a sudden I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to yes. do. I was, or um, who you are. Or who I am, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So to find myself, as they do say, um, uh, was a journey um, that was mountainous. So coming back to the Lord was just um, uh, not only a lifesaver, but um, it was actually a really – um, exciting step forward because he was um, not just supportive, but he was very strategic with how he was helping me through each day. There was a purpose behind what he was doing, which obviously we all know the plans that he has, but I was unsure of how it would play out for me uh, specifically because I was, um, I wanted a miracle. I wanted it just gone. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't asking for much. You know, I just, um, you know, where there's a need for, a, you have to have a need for a miracle for it to happen. And mm. I had a need, I believe, I, in my prayers, I would say, I have a need. So you could do a miracle. Um, I want these images gone. I want these traumas gone. I want the sights and the smells gone. Yeah. Um, I want all those things gone. Um, and 
but it didn't happen. So I think I did mention it in the first one. You yes. know, he said very clearly to me one day, he said, you know, this miracle is not for you. Wow. Um, he said, however, I will walk with you every day and then you will speak light back into the darkness of each one of these traumas. Yeah. So he was wow. basically telling me that it would be my job to say that there is a way through that particular one or there is a way through this particular one. So I found that at first um, guttural. I thought, why won't you do that for me? But then I felt proud. Yes. I know it, it may sound weird in the middle of where I was. Um, I felt, oh, my gosh, he's telling me that he wants me to own this mm-hmm. in a way. He's yes. saying, you know, you will stand on top of this and then you will speak back to it and go, that wasn't of God. Yeah. And that's why. And this is where God was. And this is who he is and this is how it can happen. So I felt empowered. Mm. I thought, oh, I've got a job. But so all of a sudden, yes. I have to <laughs> So isn't he clever? So all of a sudden, I thought, I've got a job to do. I've got something I actually have to do. Mm. So I've got a job again. So I've got, I've, I'm, I'm valuable. Yeah. So um, all of a sudden, I went to work on that. Like, well, what does that look like? What am I supposed to do? Is you know, where do I go from here? So that was the journey through church and with my pastor and with Jesus was actually finding out what do you want me to do today? How do I do it? And how do I get through the day? So how did that actually look? For you on a day-to-day basis? Um, I prayed heaps. I talked to him heaps. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I was always 100% transparent uh, with my troops. I, was, I, I still am now who I am. I've never been mm. anyone any different. Um, so how I am with Jesus is I know that he can see everything I'm doing. I know he knows what I'm thinking. So there's no point hiding yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so the faster you run away, the quicker you run into him. So... Um, I just I had to come to that realization very quickly um, that there is no point if I can say it kidding myself and lying to myself about what's going on and what's happening. So I have to be very simple with the questions in the prayer that I'm asking Jesus to get through the day. hasn't got to be hasn't got to be huge. Yes, it's just got to be. I really would like to be able to go to Coles and get some groceries without looking like an idiot. You know, yeah. can I do that today? You know, wow. something simple, yeah, it's yeah, not much. Yeah. I would really love to not get angry at the checkout person or glare at someone and have them scared because of how I look because I have pent-up anger or it was something like that. I was just, I was so simple, my day-to-day things of I'd love to be able to just go and get some petrol now and get back without making anyone scared. And I just love that. Um, and it's just such a great message again for guys who are listening who are going, have gone through what you've gone through in terms of keeping everything simple and keeping everything mm. just Grounded as the word mm. we, we were talking about, and and that's how you did that. Mm. It's, it's cre- very it's very crazy. small steps. Yes, very yes. small mm. steps. Um, because all I, uh, the only thing I had holding my hand was Jesus. I'd say mm. that now that sounds very trivial, doesn't it? Yeah. But back then, to me, you know, that's a faith journey. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. as a physical journey with people, I had no one there to sort of you know say, "Hey, calm down, buddy." Mm. It was just me. Yeah. So um, I had to be very aware of what I was doing and how I was interacting with people yes. because I presented differently. I was very big then. I was still very fit. Yeah. Um, and obviously I had a um, an aggressive exterior. Yes. So people used to get scared. Ian, can I just go back to one of the previous things that you said and that was, um, you know, that the Lord had said to you that it wasn't going to be an instantaneous miracle uh, and that perhaps wasn't your first choice. You were, you were disappointed by that. But mm-hmm. then there was this journey that he was going to take you on and walk with you on. I just want to really highlight that because I think for a lot of us, 
that is our experience. It's not it's not the miracle turnaround. It's not the overnight shifting and I wake up the next day and all of a sudden something's shifted or healed. It is the day-by-day slow process of just walking with the Lord. The, the beauty is that the character that's developed through the journey and the things that the, door, the Lord does along the way, that's really the journey that the Lord wants to take us on. And, and mm. having the clicking of the fingers and the miracle experience, we miss out on that part of the journey is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, I, um, I used to explain it to my guys. It, it's just training. It's just training. You're happy to do it for your job. You're happy to do training to learn to drive a car. You're happy to do training for swimming or for running or for fitness. But why are you so lax in doing training for God? Mm. It's still, it's still, you've still got to train yourself. You've still got to remind yourself to do things. You've got to put the effort in to do it. It's not a magic trick. You've got to train your body. Your body has its own, you know, yes. myelination, its own memory, which is why I think the faith journey can be a long, drawn-out one because it takes a while to reprogram the human body yes. when it's done certain mm. things. If you drive past mm. KFC, you don't tell me you don't feel like hot chips. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're on a health kick, you smell that stuff and you go, yeah, oh, that right. smells nice. <laughs> then all of a sudden your stomach goes, oh, you could do with some of those. Yes, that's Have right. you ever noticed that, mm. how quick your body reacts? Mm. So that's what military do a lot of training in that area with the small uh. muscle groups. It's Your body is very quick. Yes. Now it takes a while for your brain to catch up to that and then it takes ages for you to listen <laughs> to, to your father and actually find out the truth of what's really going on before your body takes you mm. on that tangent and then you're off mm. down a dark path. Romans 12 then talks about the, you know, the, the renewing of the mind, mm-hmm. to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And again, that's, that's, we wish that that was an overnight process, but that's not. That's a, a day-by-day process. Uh, I just wanted to then ask you, and, you know, we, we've talked about you coming through this state, and this is your day-to-day living now. You're talking with God a lot and asking Him for the simple things. Mm-hmm. I know that you're married now with kids. Mm-hmm. So obviously you went from being single and isolated, not having people around you, to falling in love, meeting a woman, getting married and whatnot. Can we then talk a bit about that journey? Um, how did you even get to a point where you were able to meet your wife and and fall in love after everything that you've gone through, the hardness of your heart, the keeping people at bay and everything like that? Tell us a bit about that journey. Well, that was a, um, that was a brick wall. I mean, that's a funny way to answer that, isn't it? Isn't it? Shouldn't I be saying, you know, <laughs> oh, it was roses and butterflies and it was all lovely. <laughs> That was, um, you know, I I pretty much had things where I needed them. I was following along the path that was I thought I had under best control. Once again, we're back at that word control. Mm. I believe mm. that I had it all under control and where I needed to do it, I was working myself out as best as I could and then bumped into Carrie Ann. So um, um, someone whom um, I was not looking for a relationship but um, – God decided otherwise, uh, now's the time. Now, this is my wife is someone who has nothing but love to give. Yes. And is happy to be naive about my my work. It doesn't it doesn't she doesn't take that on board. Yeah. It's just an absolute blessing where because my biggest concern was someone's gonna think that the type of man that I am or was is horrific or, you know, yeah. I had the, the capability to be nasty or she didn't see any of that. Wow. So, um, and we we start a relationship, and I couldn't believe that she'd want to hang around me. Um, how did you How did you meet? At work. Ah, okay. Yeah. So when yeah. I came home, I uh, injected uh, a bit of money into a couple of businesses, um, and um, uh, bumped into her at work. And then I've left that business. And then um, she phoned me up sometime later and said, "Do you want to go watch the cricket?" 
of all things. So we wow. went and watched a one day test. Oh, cool. And, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and started a relationship from there. You're listening to Momentum with Tim and Des. And this week we're speaking to Ian about his journey and recovery from PTSD. We pick up Ian's story just as he met Carrie Ann and he discusses how he felt starting a new relationship. I was probably even more scared. I can use the word scared now. I wouldn't have back then because I was too tough. Yeah. Um, I was probably more scared about embarrassing myself, making a fool of myself um, because of the way my head may think or I may say something or I may be triggered in an event or um, I may mm. make an absolute fool of myself. So I felt more on guard. So I probably would have presented to someone who was quite removed. Mm. Yes, aloof. I was very yeah, aloof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to play safe. How did she respond to that? Um, not well. Um, to the point where discussions were being had about, you know, why won't you talk to me? You know, those things yes. that, that men love to hear, yes. you know. Um, yes. You know, yes. what you thinking? <laughs> you know, um, you know th- that sort of stuff. Um and um, I think it came – I came back to getting her educated how – getting Carrie Ann educated how I was educated by the doctors going, I just mm. think a little different about a few different things. Yeah. So I just need you to know that sometimes, you know, if I think that something's not right, well, then for me I'll back right back out of that and I'll start shutting mm. down big time and I'll become, I'll become very defensive Yes. I don't mean to. It happens, once again, yes. with that body it's and the trigger. muscle memory thing. Mm. So the body does that. And then before I know and before Jesus can say, mate, you're being a bit of a goose here, you want to <laughs> straighten up, before mm. I hear that, I've already reacted. Yes. So we had to talk through those things. We had to we had to table that really. And yeah. as a bloke, um, I wasn't interested in doing that at all. No, because no, because that's mm. that's that's a bit too cuddly for me. You know, yeah. that's, um, <laughs> I don't do cuddle thing, you know, so um, – but it, it was something that actually had to be said. I just had to do it. I had to say that that's how I was thinking. And I wasn't embarrassed. I thought I would be. Ian, then can I, I, I know she's not here. Uh, uh, maybe we should be asking her some of these questions. But, <laughs> but from her perspective, <laughs> I, I mean, there must, have, there must have been some doubts for her as to go like, can I deal with this? Is this something that I want in my future? Can I really deal with someone who is that shut down? And whether there was at some stage a, a point in the relationship where she may have given you some degree of ultimatum to say, look, I, I need you to do this, otherwise we can't, we can't do this. Yep, there was definitely a day. Um, uh, we had been at a friend's house and um, we came home and um, she was very upset. Um, discussions were had and, um, and I said, well, well, you know, what's going on? She said, you know, you look at me like you're going to kill me. Wow. And I went, what are you talking about? Wow. Uh, what are you talking about? I've had a great afternoon. <laughs> like you went to your mate's house, we had a barbecue. <laughs> I ate a hamburger. I even talked to your friends like I pretended I was interested. Um, and now we're home here. We've made it. We've done it. It's all good. Tick the box. And um, and she went, no, you were, you know, I've got up to do something. It's so trivial, yeah, but it's so important because she um, she said, no, I got up to do something. I went to go into the kitchen or whatnot, and you looked at me like you were going to take my head off. And she said, you just look straight through me, and I know what look she's talking about. Um, and, and I said, no, I don't do that. And she said, you looked at me like you were going to kill me. Wow. And I've had the best afternoon ever. Nothing was said. Nothing was, um, um, nothing happened. Uh, we were laughing as best as I can laugh. And that's what she came back with. Wow. And I thought, wow, if I can't even do that, yeah. what, 
you know, what's the point? If I can't even have an afternoon where I think everything is fine and, 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 mm. and, and what's the point of this relationship? And she said, there's no going to be no relationship if you, can't, if you can't control that anger. Wow. So when you faced that and you said, well, you know, am I angry? Um, how did you react to that? Well, I wasn't. I wasn't angry. I felt great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, however, that's what they saw. Yeah. And that was my defensive wall of how I kept everyone at bay by this, you know, uh, uncomfortable glare, stay away from me, um, um, a bit like you might see someone do when they are in pain. What sort of wake-up call was that when she said that to you? Like for you and you're going, yeah, but I think I'm okay. You're telling me otherwise. The reality is she's already just said to me that if I don't change this, I'm going to lose this relationship. What did that do for you? And then how did you change, I suppose, to keep the relationship and move forward from there? Yep. I, um, I went straight to Jesus. And I just went, I, I thought this was going okay. I may not be able to do this. Um, and uh, he came back with his, his ever faithful, you know, there's always tomorrow. It, 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 there'll be tomorrow. It's okay. Um, I went back to Carrie Ann and I said, Look, I don't feel angry. I don't know. I wasn't looking at it that way. You have to understand that. Um, I'm. I love where I'm at. I'm happy with where I'm at. You know, maybe I should go and see someone else. So I then put it out there. Maybe I should see a, a different doctor or see another doctor, um, as to try and work through as to what I'm projecting out that I don't think I'm projecting out. So basically, I took my um, my um, myself off to the next level of um, going to see psychiatrist and psychologist again so obviously you to that you took responsibility and that's that you know dare i say the right thing to do as a man were there moments then that you both stepped into a counseling situation so that you could have a third party present to discuss some of that together yes we did we did do uh, marriage counseling a lot of the counseling sessions or the uh, psychology sessions i went to were not sort of fit for carrie ann and that was probably more my request because of the topics that were talked about and the complexity of them mm. Um, so it was more, um, uh, along the lines of talking as a couple, not so much about my particular traumas, but how I communicate through those traumas mm. as a couple. Mm. So, mm. but that was essential. Mm. That was essential. And the best ground that we ever made was actually not with a counsellor and psychologist. It was with the pastor. Ian, are there times in your life now that you just look around at your life and your wife and your kids that you kind of always pinch yourself from where you've come to see where you are right now? You know what? I have people saying that to me, but I don't do it. So I, I have that is that is the funniest thing that you would ask me that. I have people turn around saying, "You've worked with like world leaders, and now you know you're sitting here in this tiny little town, retired, doing absolutely nothing. You know, working at the local church and helping out here and there. Is that not such a big jump? You know, I never, I've never felt bad about the distance from where I've been to where mm, I am now, yes. because. I actually see that I'm in a better place now mm. and I'm further along now. So mm. if I were to think that, it would be a negative step back. Yes. So I'm, I'm happy in the places I've been. I've been to nearly every dark doorway of, of, of this globe. I've met horrible people. I've met amazing people. Um, I would rather be here right now in my house with my kids and my <laughs> wife Yes. and fantastic. still loving the Lord and serving my church. This is where I'd be. And I've been in some of the most famous places you can imagine. Mm. I've been to Yore. I've been to Babylon. I've, I've, I've gone across both rivers. I've done everything mm. that most people would love to do. I'd rather be here. Yes. Right now yeah. with my wife. That's great. With my kids. 
and serving my church. Yeah, amen. So um, the difference between now and then, no. The difference between now and then is thank you, Jesus. For more information, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org.